Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And this is episode 9-9 of a video game music podcast where we talk about all things video game music related, music compositions for the video game medium. What do you think about that? I think we need to step into a realm of talking about how music tastes because quite frankly, <laughs> no one's, not enough people are discussing that and I... I just it gets wanna... ignored. It gets ignored. It does. It's a very ignored topic that deserves more respect. So the, the it's we... a whole sense we're not even we're not even touching on. <laughs> <laughs> We've done everything but that. So let, let's just jump into it then. Nine dash nine. We are talking with Cameron from the band The Mad Gear. Cameron. Cameron. Gamera. Yeah. Gamera. Cameron. What's up, my man? Uh-huh. Uh, nothing. This is this is awesome. <laughs> Honor to be here. No, we're uh, honored to have you here, man. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been loving having all of these uh, uh, musical guests on the show. I love having more musicians on the show. Um, tell us, uh, um, what 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 do you do in the band? And tell us a little bit about maybe about the band, how the band came together. Yeah, yeah. I play drums. Uh, the band kind of became an idea and we may touch on this later when uh after i'd been listening to the advantage for a while this is back in like 08 or something yeah it took about six years to find people that didn't just stare at me funny when i told them i wanted to play video game music in a band (laughs) most people had a reaction like well why don't you just write your own stuff that sounds like that or well yeah i've got some cool synths that we can use to sound like video game music i'm like no that's yeah, we're not we're not communicating clearly here. So it took a while to get it put together, but about uh, 2014, fall 2014, and finally found some people, and we've been playing some shows and recording some stuff and making videos and all kinds of fun junk. Yeah, your videos are, are really fun. Uh, you did a Street Fighter video that I was a huge fan of about like a little Street Fighter tournament at a GameStop. Can you can you tell us how that started? Oh yeah, well that's kind of our. Uh, our pride and joy as far as something that was the culmination of a lot of different people in the band's effort, you know, cause, yeah. um, you know, one, Chris is our sax player and he, um, he recorded the songs. He's like, he's recorded all our stuff. And then, uh, he also operated the boom mic. And then we had Justin, our guitar player, uh, kind of doing some of the, uh, incidental music in there. That's not Kenner Giles theme. Like there, he did like Balrog's theme and a couple mm-hmm. other things. But anyway, we were just uh, trying to think of something that would, a good way to tie those two songs together and something that wasn't just strictly a music video, like it was a whole, it was a whole story. So it's a, it's a whopping, you know, 11 or 12 minutes, but uh, yeah, I, it's, it's something we really were happy with how it turned out. Yeah, it's a fun, like, like narrative. Um, and it, it's like goofy in the right way. It's like, it's goofy in the way you want it. And I'll, and when the music kicks in, it's like the best. I was like smiling it's, ear to ear. Goofy in the right way is about the best compliment anybody could pay me. So, <laughs> so I, I will take it all day. I immediately started being like, oh crap, did I just insult our guest? Oh God. If you, <laughs> no, not, not at all, man. I'm, I, I, when we do stuff, I'm always on that line of like, is this too far? Is this too far? And you hope you're going just far enough. 
but not where you're going to lose people and they'll be like rolling their eyes and be like, this guy doesn't get it, you know. <laughs> so, but even, uh, if, but yeah. even if you did push it over that envelope, that means you might just yeah. create a brand new line for people to meet after. You'll set the new bar. So It's true. Some people got a pioneer like that. I mean, I, I do what I can, but it's 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 not for me to say, you know. Well, we uh, we salute you, and we we hold you in high regard for keeping those ideals <laughs> as, high, as much as possible. Likewise, man. Likewise, you guys are holding up the front with this this brave new world of VGM podcast. So, yeah. Um, I'm I'm again. I'm happy to be here. Um, I want uh, our topic today is something that we've we've actually discussed as a as a group as a team. Um, for a little bit of a, a little bit of while, but we wanted to do what the what we've ended up naming it is called montage music. This is like mm-hmm. sports montage, or even like um, like movie montage, like like getting ready for a wedding, or getting going out on a date, or um, even I thought in my mind even like sitcom, you know, like opening opening credits of like a 1990s sitcom where everyone's like smiling for the camera. Oh yeah. So oh mo- yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, I hope that works, but I, I think all together we picked tracks that were like um, training montage because this is tough music because the Mad Gear is a tough group. But they it's do need to probably get- it's probably the toughest. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've met another tough. As tough. We're so we're incredibly tough. It's, You're the toughest. I don't so, even know man. how to put it into words. There's so that Cody person. He he kind of had a bit of a running <laughs> with you guys at one point. He wasn't having it. Yeah, well, I mean, things happen, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, and and when you're in this when you're in this line of business and you're this tough, like people want to come at you. So true. you know, we just we just do our thing, and and that's that. Flex it out. Let them know. Yep. Well, let's let's get into some music. And Cameron, why don't you uh, kick off this this roundtable of tough tough music? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, my first pick is from Double Dragon 2 on the NES. It's the final boss music, a.k.a. Shadow Boss Fight. Oh, one of the toughest tracks there is. So let's let's start it off at the top. Double Dragon 2.
Okay, you're listening to the final boss music from the game Double Dragon 2 The Revenge for the Nintendo Entertainment System, composed by Kazunaka Yamane. Wow. Man, I gotta tell you, Double Dragon 2 is one of my... Like, I have a really, really big soft spot for this this game in the series as, as a kid. Um, but what, what drew you to this, this pick? Um, actually, Double Dragon 2 was one I completely missed out on as a kid. Mm. I had the first one, and if you guys know anything about the first one, it's kind of a nightmare. Yeah, but, <laughs> a little um, bit, a little bit. I fell, in, I fell in the water in the forest level uh, probably a million times. But uh, 2 is one I never played. I played the arcade machine some. I've never played the NES version. Like, to but this, this day? Just, what's that? What, to this day you haven't played 2 on the NES? Right. Holy Isn't pickles! That... <laughs> After this episode's done recording, you have to remedy that, man. Yeah, that's a fun one. Oh, that's a, it's a really fun one. Is this the is it the first one where you can do there's dedicated buttons to front and back attacks or is that just the arcade version? I think the second game did something weird like that. You could hold directions could... to do to do different moves. So it was probably different okay. in the arcade because the NES only had the uh, the two buttons. Yeah, the R- NES, I think it was you pressed yeah. both together. It was it was some weird mess that it had going on. I know that much, but there was definitely like a back attack. But it was not easy to pull off. Yeah, actually, there was like a there was like a jumping spin kick attack that was like super OP. That I remember was super now. hard to do. <laughs> no, I remember now. Yeah. If I mean, if someone's listening, they want to correct me. Go nuts. That's but fine. I, if I remember correctly, I think asking what it was was the there was a punch button and a kick button. Punches were to the front, but the kicks were to the back. So um, you kind of had to face okay. the opposite direction to kick guys. <clears throat> but yeah, it's been a minute. And if you do both buttons, you got you got the. I want to say that was the spin kick, but now I'm trying to remember how you jumped. That's what's killing me about it. This is a tough track, though. It starts out tough, like with the whole punching in the air feeling, but then the oh, sec- totally. But then the second half of the track gets into like this really like major key of like happy, like it feels like you've already won. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why it's it's interesting that it's a, a last boss theme. Like to me, it's kind of similar to. Uh, Super Castlevania 4 in that sense because I don't know if y'all are familiar but when you fight Dracula the first half of the battle you're hearing Dracula's theme and it's real spooky and like kind of not real rhythmic or anything and then Simon's theme comes in like halfway through to be like dude you got it and that's how I feel when I'm listening to this one like I feel like it's it's really telling me you you got it. There's you're not gonna have any problem with this fight, yeah, which it, is not something you hear a whole lot in video games. I think the composer just takes a, a small bit of pity on the players too, because they know <laughs> that if you fail against them and you have to start over, you get to the trap level again. Which you haven't played the game yet, so I'm not gonna go into detail. Uh, but that level sucks. This is and, one of like no. the best, one of the best classic two-player NES games where you can just hit each other and really like mess up each other's days ruin you know between siblings cause a lot of problems if you know what I'm saying in in friendships yeah 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 Yeah, that that mode where you can hit each other god that was playing with fire man I I turned that off when I could just because I didn't want to I didn't want to mess with that I think it's actually kind of funny because I didn't think to mention this till just now you made that comment but um my brother and I both shared an NES at home so, of course, that's how our co-op gaming came in. But we actually got River City Ransom in this game on mm, the exact mm-hmm. same day. Mm. He chose Double Dragon 2, yeah. and I hey. chose River City Ransom. So we were constantly butting heads at, at, as to which of the two was the superior beat-em-up. <laughs> I went with River City Ransom, by the way. Hold that feeling to this day. Don't hate me for it. No, they're different but, games. Oh, no, 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 no. I love them both. Don't get me wrong. 
I mean, River City Ransom's got that more open world kind of feel to it. It's got barf. It's got barf. <laughs> barf. <laughs> That's all it needed. It's got bad guys turning into coins. If it wasn't for River City Ransom, we wouldn't have Scott Pilgrim. This is true. This is very it's, true. It's the the cutest beat 'em up I've ever played. River City Ransom. There you go. The work. The actual first cute 'em up. <laughs> yep. Yep. I like that. Uh, Pranel. What is your first track? I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I actually wanted to push that on to you this time because I'm. I want to step back. Oh, you want to step back? Yeah, I want to go after you. All right. Well, because <laughs> I'm excited about what I picked. I'm gonna pick my first tough track. I, I picked some different tracks, but this is my tough, tough track. Um, and it's got an interesting name. Why I don't know why it's named this way because I've never played the game. Uh, this is Brain Lord for the Super Nintendo, composed by Masano Akahori, and this track is called "The Road to Toronto." Oh. Yeah, um, and this is another like fists in the air, you know, training on my bike type track. So, Road to Toronto, composed by Masano Akahori. Toronto, and the game is Brain Lord for the Super Nintendo, composed by Masano Akahori. This, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on in Toronto. They've got problems. That's why you're on the road to get there. And we are the only ones. You need some fixing for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And we're the ones to do it. 
This is I. This is like everything I love about SNES music. Yes, like that bass tone. I just this to me. First of all, I've never played Brain Lord. Never heard of it until like six months ago or so when uh, a friend of all VGM podcast, Cameron Worma, mentioned the soundtrack on the the Pixel Tunes Radio Group. Mm-hmm. But um. Man, I heard it, and it just—it was so nostalgic feeling to me because it just sounds like the '90s and, yeah. and uh, Super Nintendo, it's, and it's yeah. just—it's just great. I it's love ca- that you just said that What's because up? that's who told me about the game. <laughs> right? uh, close to when we first started doing this show, we're talking maybe like uh, like March of 2016. Oh, really? Um, we did an episode. I don't remember what the topic was, oh. but he segued into. Segway. He he stepped into bringing up Brain Lord. He's like, if you never, if you like these games, you need to play Brain Lord. And I was like, oh really? And it's an Enix game, so that was right up my alley. And uh, I ended up trying it out because of his suggestion. Awesome. It's a challenging but great game. Hmm. And this music sounds very, very Enix Enix esque. Yeah, but like for being, um, I mean, one, it's Super Nintendo music, so it's got that Super Nintendo kind of low bitrate sampled sound, but it's really high quality for what it is. And the compositions, not just, not just the uh, 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 the composition of the melodies and the notes, but the arrangement of the sounds. Like those, that that drum kit is super punchy in the mix. And then when that lead uh, keyboard comes in, it's really clear. I feel like they've thought through how each one of those instruments sounds in the mix um, for a Super Nintendo game. I think that's awesome. I think that's really, oh, yeah. really cool. This this guy clearly knew what he was doing. And yeah. it's like one of those things, you know, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate, you know, Sega stuff a lot more and mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, um, I'm blanking on <laughs> just the the Yamaha synth yes. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it's done well. And with Super Nintendo and Sega, man, there's some there's some straight up garbage out there <laughs> and just people who you oh, were yeah. like you clearly didn't know what you're doing. Maybe you were just working against the odds or whatever and, and they stuck you on a project you didn't even want to do and that's whatever but some people like really you can tell put up so much thought and heart into it and it's like this guy clearly like knew what he was going for yeah. executed and just picked all the right samples because I think that's like that's the big challenge with mm-hmm. Super Nintendo is picking the right samples that are gonna get the right feel and everything yeah I mean you can sample you can sample a piano at like uh, uh, at, at middle C, you sample that middle C, but then if you play that same sample all the way low, it's not going to sound like a lower key on the keyboard. It's going to sound like you have middle C pitched all the way down, and it's going to sound weird. So right. if you sample all of your sounds when you're arranging the track, it's going to sound really synthetic and really off key, even though you're playing it at the right key. So because yep. and it's the, you know it's, they only have so much space to work with. They're not going to multi-sample an entire instrument. So when they work within those constraints and it sounds really great, I feel like it's an accomplishment and it's something to really celebrate. Honestly, yeah. I'm just I'm just stuck on the idea. Like after what Cameron said about how they just put that much effort into every aspect of the song and write what the song, what the sound choices are that they put into it, the effort, the the you know the chutzpah. But <laughs> that then leads me to wonder: Does that? factor into the name too because I'm back on Road to Toronto concerning the fact yes. that it's written by a Japanese composer who probably didn't compose it in the States. He, <laughs> the game takes place in the tower so there's no like road traveling that takes place. There's no like crossing the country. Oh really? Oh, okay. The whole game is in the tower except for the very beginning. So 
I think it's kind of interesting to think like, why did he go with Road to Toronto as the theme? Does he just was he did he go on vacation to Canada and have a long term incident where he you know his car broke down, his wife know. sent him to go to town to you know get some gas? I hear Toronto. Toronto is like an amazing city. So oh yeah, and he had to walk there. And this is the this is the song he composed while walking to Toronto to get a mechanic to take him back to get his car. I can do that. Well, to be fair, it, I don't think it would have been a walk. It would have been like a power strut. Because <laughs> 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 what I'm thinking, maybe Toronto. That's just that's just where he like just pumped some iron and, yeah. and was ready to like face his enemies. And oh, stuff. so the road to Toronto isn't the road going to Toronto. It's his personal journey inside Toronto. Maybe. Maybe, maybe like Toronto that. is just the state of being awesome. I mean, and, <laughs> and, and being like ripped and tough and amazing. So maybe that's just he, he's on the road. I like that. So keep this and keep that in mind for when you try to start getting some gigs up in Quebec or whatever, because you'll, you'll <laughs> need to keep that on tabs. Like, this is how he feels about Toronto. Get this guy's I'll- band a show. I'll just go around like Toronto playing that on a boombox and again power strutting and being and people look at me weird. I'll be like, it's your it's your song. Do you not do you not know the song? <laughs> sure Y'all a brain lord? Yeah. You're the weird one here. You're the one who shouldn't be in Toronto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, Brunel, what you got? All right. I'm went I'm going in a completely different direction here. That's but, good. That's or good. maybe not, depending on what based on what he just said about the Toronto buff up. Um, I'm going to go with my first track, Ease Memories of Celsetta, and the track title is called Gust of Wind.
freak out. You're listening to Ease Memories of Cell. Saturday track title is Gust of Wind for the game system PlayStation Vita, composed by Hayato Sonoda, Takahiro Udi. Well, crap, I'm half out of it. <laughs> My time to shine. Hayato Sonoda, Takahiro Urisuga, Saki Moriyama, and Tomokatsu Haguda. Hanomiyako Shikawa? No. I know this is the Falcom sound team. So it is. Yeah, well, I guess they pull from the reserves. They just keep people out. It's like, okay, this is your time to shine, buddy. Yeah. Step in. This is like the blast beats, like tough speed metals time. Oh, yeah. This, to yeah. me, it's it's interesting how this works. So it plays in the game as, as one of the field themes. Where you're just traversing the random map and getting from different, different main locations in the game. And initially, you're just running around, slashing guys or whatever. But later on in the game, you get an item called the Gust Boots. And essentially, they're like the Pegasus Boots of the game, but they work like the Pegasus Boots should have worked. And what I mean by that is you get a ridiculously speedy dash. You can turn with no problem. And when you actually do a sharp turn, your guy actually like, like stops and like kicks up dirt and then goes the other direction. And you're just like knocking enemies over, doing damage to them and everything. It's ridiculous. So hearing this track... Knowing that's how the game works, and then thinking about this episode, I just kind of pictured this guy like training to run this really big race, and he starts out <laughs> small. It's like there's scenes of him like he's running down the street, scenes of him eating like eggs and like spitting them out because of how disgusting they are, and then scenes of him like running <laughs> and constantly changing up his routine, like he's like carrying rocks, and he's running down a mountain incline, and then he's running around a satellite in space because apparently that's what you do when you're at the top of your game, and then at the end of the day, he's at the starting line of the big race. He's looking over his best friend and this little kid that he met on the training bird in the road to training. Just, just looking at him like, please win, mystery. He's like, I got this kid. And he just like dashes out. <laughs> but apparently since he's been training on a satellite, he just underestimated his own ability. He just kind of just tears up oh. the pavement. It's an awesome thing. You you are anime. Pretty- <laughs> a, a tear just came to my eye. <laughs> that was so beautiful. And that kid, thanks to that. He's got the money he needs yeah. for his hip surgery. <laughs> like Won't you win the race, mister? It's <laughs> like big-eyed kid with a lollipop. With, with, with really bad hip joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's got crutches or braces or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a full body It's like a, it's a full body cast. It's kind of like he kind of hobbles um, in, like, left foot, right foot. Some kids were picking him on the <laughs> playground. I stepped in. I was like, you can't. You can't have. We can't have that. Leave that little boy alone. He's like, I wish I didn't have this body brace. Everyone makes fun of me for. Like, I'll take care of that. Yeah, this is like the speed montage of, of the anime, where like everyone's kind of like chasing each other all at once, and it lasts maybe like ten minutes. <laughs> I also got kind of an anime vibe from yeah. it, and as beautiful as Pernell's story was, what I was seeing was like me, Rob, and Pernell in sort of a opening credit situation mm. where we're like like kind of like Ninja Turtles uh, the original <laughs> cartoon yeah. where they're like you know they're introducing the characters and they're like flying through the air yeah. and like cutting cutting yeah. the screen in half and all that kind of stuff and it would be like Pernell and then you'd like you know punch somebody in the space and it'd be like Rob <laughs> and you'd like make a really sick omelet or something and, like, <laughs> just just all kinds just all kinds of like good good hero stuff I like that. I punch the guy, and I turn around and like jump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Oh my gosh, see, I love montages. That's why, partly, why I love that you chose this topic. Like montages and those like flashing scenes has always been like my thing. Like I love 
imagining those sorts of things, like with friends, you, like with your, with your friends and stuff like that. It's like, man, we had a TV show. How would that intro work? You're just like, or what if we're all working together for a common goal? You're just like imagining like scenarios where like you trip and you fall on like a pile of spaghetti, and then everyone's looking dead at you. You look up, you're like, you're eh, just kind of I'm filling spaghetti, guys. <laughs> I'm running with the pizza sauce. I'm like, oh no, oh, it's black. <laughs> it's like, oh you. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Rob. We'll help you up. And it's like yeah. triumphant music and. I got like a little uh, sweat bead off the side of my face, and everyone gives me the thumbs up. <laughs> you got <Yeah>. this, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Cameron. I love this scenario, Cameron. What is your second track? I'm loving this because it's like um, it's like it's like creating an imagery with the music. So, so what do you bring for your second track? Uh, give me. Hold on. It's from Glay Lancer, mm. and which is a. A, a sh- it's a shmup, I think. Mm-hmm. I know absolutely nothing about it. If people were appalled Same. that I hadn't played Double Dragon 2, they're about to get super duper appalled because I. the only thing I know about Glaylancer is that I'm pretty sure it's a Mega Drive game. Yes. And it has, I think, an alternate title, which is Advanced Buster Hawk. Yes. Which oh. is, a, they should have gone with that on both <laughs> sides of the ocean because Advanced Buster Hawk is a, an amazing game. Yeah. It sounds like a really cool haircut. Um, <laughs> I have an advanced My Buster pick <laughs> is uh, Stage 1, Asteroid Field. Mm. Yeah, I think I had a Buster Hawk in the, in the 90s. <laughs> Did you mean Busted Hawk? <laughs> but, oh, yeah, no, that, well, I was called a Buster, but anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
You're listening to Stage 1, The Asteroid Field, from Glay Lancer for the Sega Mega Drive, composed by Masanori Hikichi Noriyuki Iwadare, Yoshiaki Kubotera, and Isayo Misaguchi. This is one of the greats of the Sega Mega Drive. It's just an astoundingly good soundtrack. Excellent pick. What drew you to this one? specifically um this was one that uh let's see i did like a great like the the great shmup search about (laughs) a year or so ago where i just like got online you know googled uh sega shmup soundtracks or something like that and i came across this one never heard of it again not a sega kid growing up um knew nothing about it but this was just one of many that I downloaded, and I listened to it, like, gave it a real good listen maybe a few months ago, and mm-hmm. was like, this is great. Yeah. And and going back to um, what we were talking about with Brain Lord, with, like, people knowing what they're doing, yeah, this is a great example of somebody knowing what they're doing with that FM synth oh. and, like, just making it sing. Like, it's just so, like, make your make like the hair stand up on your arm kind of situation like yeah. it's really powerful stuff yeah the um when those two leads start to harmonize i feel like it's i feel like it's two two voices doing a call and response and then when they come together into like the second part of the song like the b section and the c section it's incredible and, and the way that they've balanced those sounds coming out of the mega drive is super impressive so when you see uh, Noriyuke Iwadare on a Mega Drive track or Matt Furness on a Mega Drive track, you have to like stop and listen up because they know they know what they're doing and they know how to make it sound like that that much better, you know, and special. It's it's fantastic. And this is a this right. This is another like punching in the air, like doing sit ups and push ups and like flexing on everybody. Like this is that kind of track. I think it's funny because. Usually when we do episodes of the show, I try to stay away from all the tracks because I like to be 100% surprised. But this is one time where just this track, I listened to it when you sent it over. And the moment I heard it, I was like, I'm not touching this. This is <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. this is upper echelon. And now I'm seeing partly why. Noriyuki Iwadari was related to this yes. thing. I'm guessing this game was probably developed by Game Arts then. That, he did a lot of work with Game Arts related titles for a while. So I'm going to take a guess and say that that may have been what it was, which also means that the game was likely really good too, if that's true. Um, but yeah, I this track sings to me in such a way. I love it, and I am very glad that you chose it because I think Rob mentioned that he he, he says he's he mentioned it on the show before, but yes. I don't recall it, which means that I'm getting a refresher. Oh, Messiah did this. I've seen them in a number of other games too, yeah, like they're Messiah. De- they developed Shockman. Never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that game I like on the Turbo Graphics with the two people that look like Mega Man, but they're not quite oh, Mega okay. Man. Um, but yeah, these guys are gen. They do good work. Yeah, this is this is an amazing track. I like. Yeah, I love Genesis. And I, music. I, I also like the fact that you've got a few. You've got some distinct voices going on. You've yes. got one that's sort of synthy, and maybe one that you could hear being a little kind of a guitar, and one that sounds kind of like a trumpet. And it's I, I'm kind of we were talking about our little our little montage fantasies here. Here, I, I know nothing about, again, know nothing about the game, but I'm still picturing these pilots that look kind of like the little anime drawings Ooh, yeah. in, uh, in uh, UN Squadron or something. Yeah. yeah. So they've got, like, hair all over the place. But they're, like, they're like suiting up, flipping the little switches on their, uh, on their their in their cockpit, and, like, 
and like buckling up and all that kind of stuff oh, and, and getting ready to to you know go out and and do their duty i tell you good shoot 'em up music makes you feel that way it, it feels like you're gonna blast off and just and like you're gonna do you're gonna do your best for your for your for your planet you know like you're it's right. you against everything and against all odds and it just gives you that really good feeling it all, all comes down to the music half the time. It's just amazing. It just gives yeah. me the desire to find one of those freaking space helmets now so I can just do that pose where you kind of look over <laughs> at your co-pilot. You do like the, we got, we're ready to, ready to launch. You take the visor and you slap it over your face. And that's all she wrote is ready to ride. <laughs> blast off, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, blasting off. The helmet, the helmet keeps the cool outside but hides the ridiculously, you know, disfigured face as pressure starts ripping your face back no one has to see that all you can see is that cool visor with the light shining off of it you know how cool um cool like like uh, uh profiles and um like little faces in the corner of the screen was that game um arrow fighters for the for uh, neo geo oh yeah arrow fighters is slick yeah there was like a ninja he had like a ninja mask on on like underneath his like like airplane helmet there's a dolphin like a robot <laughs> yeah. dolphin oh that game was bad man that's a squadron not to be messed with no. ninja and dolphin <laughs> when you can get a dolphin into the sky <laughs> all bets are off yeah if the dolphin's on your that's team right. yeah it's over all right, so uh, my second track, I'm going in a completely different direction. This is like 1990s Perfect Strangers style <laughs> montage I like. opening version. Um, this is from the game Poyo Pop Fever for the PlayStation 2 and the Dreamcast. This is the second ending composed by Hideke Abe. So um, yeah, let's get happy. How about that? Watch me now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a TV show opening right that's there. That's what does it. That's what does it for me every time. Bling. All right, so you just listened to ending two from the game Poyo Pop Fever for the PlayStation 2 and Sega Dreamcast. 
composed by Hideki Abe, and I think it's the um, I think it's the uh, 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 the harmonica solo or the harmonica lead. You know that that really gives me that perfect Strangers vibe. Uh, I know you were into that, Pernell. How'd you feel about that, Cameron? Oh, dude. The, well, first of all, the ending to the ending theme. <laughs> it, you you prepped us for it, but man, what an ending! That was incredible. Yeah. Um, it, that's like where the uh, the like last little slide for the uh, production company pops up. <laughs> where it's like lighthouse film or, <laughs> or Deke. Um, yes, Deke. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Or the one where the guy's like writing and he throws the page up in the air and it like turns into a little animated page and all that. I feel like this um, is everybody like kind of jumping in. Everyone's putting their hands in the air and they're dancing and then everyone jumps up in the air and it freeze frames, but then it does it again. So everyone freeze frames, but then like one person slowly fades away. Like that person just died recently. Oh, and wow. then it, and at the very end it says, executive producer Dick Wolf. <laughs> Dick Wolf. Dick was Dick Wolf was on this one for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of the company that did all the TGIF shows. It was like Miller and Boykin or something like that. Oh man! Like I remember I, back as a kid, I still remember seeing that name across like all those different shows at the end, or like Laramie cigarettes. I don't know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the Simpsons. One of the, one of the two. One of the oh, two. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Laramie. <laughs> right now produced by Laramie cigarettes. Uh, uh, this, this this episode of Family Matters is brought to you by Marlboro. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I mean, Harriet's voice, she was smoking. That's true, yeah, she was pretty scratchy. Yeah, Marlboro, man. That's how they pay for the what treatments. Was, what was Eddie's friend? He was like a villain in like the first season. Oh, it. Waldo Geraldo Faldo. Yeah, I love that guy, <laughs> man. He's almost, like, he was like, he was that generation's cockroach. Yeah. Actually, I think cockroach, Family Matters and Cosby Show kind of overlapped for a little bit, if I remember correctly. Really early and then really late. <laughs> that is true though it would have been towards the end of the Cosby show run because yeah. I think Family Matters was like in the early 90s like maybe 1990 or 91 because so. it came on it was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers so it's oh, kind of funny right. you say that so. yeah that's right we talked about that before and you like you blew my mind and I was like oh my god I had to look that up on YouTube because I was a huge Perfect Strangers fan as you should I did. hold on I'm gonna you, I think you guys are like a little bit older than me I'm 32 <laughs> born in 85 Okay, Is that right? only only a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We're we're born okay. in 1980. Yeah, okay, so me, I'm 42. Is so. Perfect Strangers the one with the guy that has like a Greek cousin? Yeah, or is that something else? From yeah. Meepos. And yeah. you're saying, hold on, because I think you just <laughs> you just achieved double mind blow. Yeah, but you, you're telling me Family Matters is a spinoff of the show with the guy with the Greek cousin. Yes. See, here's the thing. Like, we, even though we're, yeah, we're our amazing. ages are fairly close. I think you were coming in the TV just past the spinoff showcase era where a lot of TV shows were just getting spinoffs of other shows to kind of keep the fan base running. So the right. way this worked was Larry and Balky lived in a, like a condo, and Harriet, the mother from Family Matters, was the elevator operator. Not the elevator. She was like the front desk person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Almost, almost kind of like security. Yeah, she was like yeah. the security guard there. So every once in a while, you know, Larry would come in and they would have a dialogue. I'm like, oh, ha, ha, banter lash or whatever. And then I don't think they ever are. I can't remember if they actually, actually wrote her out of the show. Like she was like, okay, I'm going to get another job. See you guys. And then because that's usually how spin also work. Like the character would actually be written off of the show yeah. and then they would move into their new show. Yeah, and she was popular enough on Perfect Strangers as a, like a, a side character that they were like, okay, let's write her off and then build 
another show around her around an entire Friday night lineup. And then it became a show about the nerd. Yeah, and then it became... Right. The- <laughs> and, but the, the, the write-off wasn't she's going to move across the country and fight vampires there. God, I wish! It would have been so much better. Uh, my fan fiction is about that, but not the oh, actual right. show. Oh, so, did, hey, can you send me that? Yeah, totally. I, okay, I, cool. I, I, gave you my, um, I gave you my DeviantArt link, and... <laughs> just saying, Thanks, don't, man. don't Thanks, check man. it. Hey, send it to my Hotmail. Yeah, don't check it out at that's, work. That's, that's... <laughs> um, I got a whole Angel um, Fire site dedicated to Perfect Strangers slash... <laughs> slash bit. Nice. Nice. Oh, I mean, well, maybe I can I can hook you up with my GeoCity site. Sweet. Like, I'm I'm sure yours is good, but mine is also like pretty pretty good. Oh yeah, no. might be a better place to host it too. I'll link it. I'll link yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Let's link it. Um, you you're also kind of delivering bad news to me though, Pernell, because you're telling me that Family Matters was not a spinoff of Die Hard. Oh uh, uh, well. Yeah. Funny thing. Oh, what we don't know is that maybe. They coexisted, and we didn't even realize that. Is it possible that maybe Die Hard was created under the impression that you know Carl Wesler was going to be this family man with a family life? That works too well. Right? It works too well, and we could headcanon this so hard. Okay, I've headcanon this hard enough <laughs> for like a good part of my life that no, it's totally together. It's the same universe. It's definitely the same. Carl universe. Winslow got got he he was um, undercover. In a drug ring, okay, 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 and um, he had to get relocated. Uh, Urkel was killed, and so because of the danger around his family, he was relocated. They gave him a new name in a new town, and there he met Bruce Willis. Intriguing. So, is it possible wow. that the soul, like the, you know, there's a there's a, actually a little bit of Steve Urkel still in Carl? I think so. I think I think that that experience changed his life and made him a better cop and that's how he helped Bruce Willis I don't know the Bruce Willis's character's name no I was thinking that Steve Urkel created a serum that a lot of him inject his <laughs> subconscious into Carl Winslow through his bloodstream Ooh, super cop yeah wow wow I, I wanna I mean there's part of me that really wants Argyle to be part of this whole situation <laughs> him being yes. the greatest character in Die Hard the limo driver yeah. oh man honestly I think we might start working on the show. We could we could pull this off. I don't know. We could we could yeah. we can create the missing link between the two shows. You know, how do you know die, die Hard the arcade game, Die Hard oh the TV gosh. show. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't even want to. Take, I don't even want to touch that comparison. We, weird blocks beating each other up. I remember it being fun, but man, oh, it, it is ugly. It what? was ugly and it was short. Why is it that every episode that we end up talking about Family Matters ends up running super long? <laughs> because why would you not want to talk about Family Matters when that becomes Yeah, that a question t- answers itself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It answers itself with some more questions about uh, Family Matters and <laughs> all of its characters. Uh, Pernell, what's your last track? Keep this train rolling on. Well, I'm going with a little bit of a different feel this time. And it's from the game The World Ends With You, which is kind of funny because I was comparing, complaining like a week or two because I really did come up with an excuse to get this game on the show, and then it was perfect. This was it. So the track in question that will be in use is called <laughs> The One Star. The One Star. Yes. Enjoy, is hopefully. That, is that Carl Winslow's sheriff star badge? Oh, no. Oh, damn it. 
It's I thought just, it was like a really bad Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that between the title of the song and the title of the game, that is actually would be one. The that, world is with me, jerk. That's Cornell's <laughs> Amazon. Cornell's Amazon review <laughs> for the world's end with you. The world would the, not buy again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's listen in. Just listen to the one star from the game The World Is With You, composed by Takeharu Ishimoto with vocals done by Cameron Struther. This track to me is this game's entire OST is weird in the sense that one, I liked pretty much every track on it. Two, 
this is one of those tunes where when you first hear it in the game, you probably kind of chuckle about it. You're like, what kind of cheesy mess is this? <laughs> but it sticks. It really works with you. And it definitely gives you that, especially because it plays during battles, like usually boss battles. But um, it gives you that whole impression of you getting the tar kicked out of you in a fight. And you're just trying to dig deep. And you're like, I need other people. I need help. I can't do this alone. And then you're just kind of processing it. And then you go through that, you know, that remembrance montage of all the stuff you went through to get there. How you grinded for all your pens. How you ate 200 chili dogs to get your hit points up to 999. And you just know that you have all that you need to take this jerk down a pig. <laughs> and that's when that uppercut comes up. From down deep. I'm the one. I can do this. I feel like some of the lyrics say they're like you're the only star or you're like the lonely star. So it, like it feels like yeah, like you're the one up against the world. You can take it. Yeah, I like that. That's a good track. Um, I I love the soundtrack that the world ends with, ends with you. It's very like it's poppy and it's and it's got a lot of good rock songs to it. Oh yeah, and, and they can get repetitive, but man, they're fun. Did you have any experience with this game? I am totally clueless about this. Can you give me like a brief? idea of what the game is like i can it's, it's i'm glad you can it's weird <laughs> i've only played a very small part of it even though a lot of people disagree with me i would label this to be the best probably most creative thing to come out of squares you know publisher studio in like the better part of the 2000s but the premise of the game is it wasn't final fantasy x4 <laughs> oh god no <laughs> rob's like give me the stink guy he's like i love them i like them too though i like them too yeah. but just compared but to this this is, the, this is the most creative I think. exactly yeah. like they yeah, went definitely. they went nuts on it so the premise of the game more or less is that you are a kid who wakes up in the middle of shibuya and you come to realize that you are dead but you're still alive quote unquote and what happened is you get drafted to something called the reaper's game which is a game that these people call Reapers play where they take people who recently died and make them fulfill a, a bunch of challenges in the Shibuya area, region. So you do this by teaming up with another player and you get these like different pens, like telekinetic pens, like actual buttons. And each telekinetic button gives you a different type of power related to like the stylus. Like some might have you scratch the screen to do like slash attacks. One might have you hold it down and like like flames hit the ground. One might have you really blow into the microphone to like make a gust of wind shoot through. It was a lot of weird like crazy experimental yeah. stuff they did. Being on the Nintendo DS um, meant that you had the stylus controls, but um, they were very creative in that you controlled two characters at the same time, one on each screen. Yep. So that 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 actually that skill that skill cap uh, kind of hurt hurt my. Um, my, my my wanting to finish that game. I had a hard time with that. I somehow became addicted to it. Like it got to the point where I had almost every pen in the game, and there was a lot of ways to get pens. Like some pens only evolved by leveling up in combat. Some evolved by putting the system to sleep and walking near toasters. Um, some <laughs> evolved by like trading with friends. There was a lot of weird yeah. mechanics to this game. Like it was just very so strange. odd, very but, strange, but like very like um like very cartoony in a punk rock way, which which really resonated with a lot of people. Actually, our friend Kim. I didn't realize she was super into this game. Yes, as she should. It's, yeah. it's like I get the biffs about this all the time because they're like, that ah, game was terrible. I'm like, no. This <laughs> game, like, think about it. It's like, even if you don't like it per se, how can you really shoot in a game where it's like, can you think of any other games that played like that game did? And I can't only answer that with no. This game is the only one that's done this to this day. Like, no one else has done this kind of game. 
with all the components combined into one masterful package. I like the premise of the game, the story of the game, because ultimately, without going into all the story and the weirdness, because it still has that you know Square Enix confusion crap going on with some of the plot, but the end result of the game is that it's like, it's like a lesson of saying, like, you know, the world begins with you and it ends with you. So you should give your best to the world while also taking the time to experience what the world has to offer you. You know, instead of just shutting yourself out, which is freaking gold. Like, I love that game so much. Great message. I'm, I'm really intrigued, honestly. That and between the, the, the soundtrack. I mean, uh, again, well, I mean, not again. I... I just going by my picks, you might guess that, you know, I'm kind of stuck in a certain era. Um, and it's like I've branched out into modern stuff here and there, but it's I'm mostly, you know, 8, 16-bit kind of person. Yeah. And um, this, when I heard this, it reminded me, again, this is only hearing this stuff on BGM podcasts and whatnot, but it reminded me of stuff I've heard recently from Splatoon, which um, oh, I yeah. think is some, some really neat stuff. And again, it's it's on the punk side of things. No, so um, that's yeah, a really th- good really connection. Neat. That's a great connection. I didn't, I didn't even put those two together, but they are very similar. And I would honestly say, if you're if you're a big aficionado of like the 16-bit era of, of the way games played and sounded, that's almost more the reason why I'd recommend at some point in time maybe dabbling in the DS because a large part of why I was so obsessed with the DS and even the Game Boy Advance for a time it was is because it felt like the second coming of the Super Nintendo. Um, right. A lot of the games tapped into that essence that I that those games you know just oozed, and it made me feel like that person again. Like people were playing their PS3s and crap and getting all excited. I'm like, I don't need that. I got a DS sitting here, <laughs> and people would say, you know, the games don't look as good. Like that's the point. They don't look quote unquote as good or sound quote unquote as good. They sound how I want them to sound, and they look how I want them to look. And I can carry them wherever I want. This is like this is perfect. Hey, yeah, I, I actually do have a DS that my uh, my younger brothers-in-law like gifted to me once they got a 3DS. And you know, I had some of their games, and the only game I bought, uh, you know, just specifically for myself was Castlevania: Order of Ecclesia. That's a and good of course, pick. those cartridges so tiny yeah and of course i lost it and so i'm like man it's hard to get motivated to buy more because i'm like i'm definitely gonna lose gotta get a case man yeah um yeah pronounce got some really elaborate game cases and um hey i do not um condone the use of emulators and and you know pirating games but there's an excellent system called the r5 that you can plug into your ds r4 R4, yeah, and you, and you can put a, a micro SD card into it, and you can play tons of games off of one cart that way. But don't lose it. I, but don't do it. Yeah, well, I, I, funny you mention it, because I had one that I uh, borrowed from somebody, oh. along with a few other, like, Game Boy Advance Castlevania games cool. that I never really got a chance to play through. But one of the games that was on there was called uh, Ninja Town, I think. Ninja and it's basically a tower defense kind of situation. But you guys were talking about how this game implemented that whole like blow into the microphone thing <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what that's this ninja town game did the same thing you could like if as ninja something i can't remember but anyway you would like blow all your enemies away oh funny. and uh that was pretty fun i like that well, I could dig that all right well um we were just talking about things oozing and um speaking of oozing <laughs> hey what go on <laughs> it's time for the bonus round <laughs> bonus perfect round. segue you know, that's all I get paid the big bucks on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I don't doubt it for a second. 
All right. So the, the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on the theme. Cameron, you brought some amazing music for us. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us what you, what you brought with you today? This is uh, the Mad Gear covering Guile's theme from Street Fighter 2. And I'll be more specific and say Street Fighter 2, the SNES version, because uh, we really wanted to make sure we got some real trumpets in there. Because I've heard a lot of, I mean, obviously, for good reason, there's a ton of Giles theme covers out there. Yeah. But uh, getting some real horns on there was my goal because I hadn't necessarily heard that. So Awesome. All right, so let's listen to this. The Mad Gear, Giles theme. That was amazing. That was the uh, that was Giles' theme performed by the Mad Gear with Cameron on the drums. Dramming. Dramming. <laughs> that was awesome. You were right. The horns, the horns really um, add add something new to that track. And um, yeah, and yeah. and something you know I mentioned earlier that uh, Chris, our sax player, is like kind of our you know uh, producer or however you want to say it, and. Um, his and I, like, our, our goal was kind of getting something that was a little 70s-ish. <laughs> like, he brought up the Amazing Bongo Band, which even if you haven't heard of them, you've heard of them. I think, uh, actually, the um, 
kind of going off on a tangent here, but no, the right. uh, Apache song yeah. from uh, that you've probably heard from uh, like uh, gosh, Fresh Prince of Bel, Bel- Air. Jump on uh, it, jump on. Yeah, that yeah. that Tonto. samples. Yeah. That, do, do, that, oh, the, oh, the Apache do, break. That, that, that's a sample of the Amazing Bongo. Yeah. Band, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That Apache break is like famous in hip hop and jungle music and mainly exactly. jungle. Mainly jungle. Yeah. So the the idea with this one was sort of to get something that you know, of course, gets us at our core, which is sort of a rocky, punky kind of band, but mm-hmm. also get something that was a little more retro and and get those like blown out horns and kind of kind of take it back yeah. to a to a simpler time a little bit <laughs> well when the um when, when it goes back after like after the first breakdown into like that that second like verse again you could have just repeated it but instead you brought in that bongo section which suddenly was like was like oh wait a minute this is getting real funky and then you go in double time and then i'm like yes <laughs> that's what i wanted well, I'm, I'm glad you dig it man because we we worked hard on trying to get that together and make it something that had a little spice all through it and wasn't just you know, playing the loop and that's it. Yeah. So it had a little bit of sugar in there. In fact, everything about it was really nice. Yeah, we were really feeling it. I'm glad, man. All right, well, let, let's keep up with the rock and roll and the emotions. <laughs> um, th- this, rock and or roll? Okay, this is a cover of Hard Man oh. uh, by the Megas. This is called Harder Than nice. Steel. So they, they like to tell stories about all of the Mega Man bosses, and this is um, this is totally rocky. So this is Harder Than Steel by the Megas.
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was Harder Than Steel by the Megas. Wow. Neat. Off of their epic Mega Man 3 double album <laughs> where every song is like nine minutes long. It's, I, I, love, I love that, that track so much. It, just, it feels so good from that breakdown up to the buildup. It's amazing. I know you were feeling that. Oh, I was did-did-did-did-did-din over here. It was good. That was an epic journey. <laughs> a total journey. Like, but, I mean, it totally fits in with the theme because it's, I mean, like you were saying, totally rocky. Yeah. But also you just, you feel that, like, getting knocked down and getting back up kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. It I dug it. Breaks you down, builds you back up again. And still they talk about, like, how he shoots his hands out and he has to get them back. So he can fight Mega Man. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like silly at the same time, but like, it's important. <laughs> like just because you can doesn't mean you should launch your knuckles. You should yeah, just exactly. hold on to them. Keep your knuck, keep your hands hard and attached. It just um, makes sense. Yeah, it's all about staying. I, I think it's it's a struggle for all of us to be to be silly and yet be taken seriously. This yeah. is very true. Yeah, it's it's the story. It's the story of Hard Man just trying to just trying to stay hard. While he's fighting Mega Man, everyone's laughing at him, and just oh, it's not a good situation. I don't know why why he would laugh at a joke like that. Um, Pranell, what's your what's your final track? I don't know if I'm touching that. I can't come off of that. But please uh, don't. I, I, deal. <laughs> well, just as Rob mentioned that he has a thing for like you know getting the Mega scene to a little bit much. My problem here is I find myself wanting to play just one more track. And not having that cover, but next week on, I got to get more covers going because I got a box of them. I just, it's all all right. But this is for good reason. Like, I made a comment earlier about how a track sounds, you know, cheesy at first, and yet it grows on you to the point where you just love the track. There's a lot of times where those tracks also are perfectly fitting for, you know, feel good montages. So I'm going to go with the ultimate cheesy but feel good montage song that I felt for this episode, and it's from the game Sonic R, and the track is called Can You Feel the Sunshine, Com- song composed by Richard Jacques with vocals by Teresa Jane Davis.
Yeah, yeah. We're gonna fade that out. All right, Purnell. Go rake. All right. So that was a feel the sunshine, right? Yes. Boy, was it ever. I don't. That's probably like one of the more divisive songs I've picked. I bet. But I don't know how to, like, it's just something about it. Almost the entire OST for the game, but specifically that song. Like, you started playing the game, and if you look at old reviews, people comment, like, this soundtrack is so just cheesy and not good. But you listen to it, you over-listen to it, and eventually it just sticks, and you're like, this is genius? <laughs> because it just works. Like, you smile. It makes yeah. you smile. The song is 100% positive. They throw a little bit of stank on it throughout the song to quote Cameron. It was just, it's just it's just gold, man. It um it gives me that feeling of like the old uh, Daytona music. Like it's just it's overwhelmingly happy, with no with with just no apology. It's just like this is just what it's going to be, and it's just what you're going to get. And then over time, you're just like, yeah, I want more of that. Do yes. it. Keep doing it. <laughs> it I, it did have a blue blue skies vibe. 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like I also was hearing, it was it kind of felt like I don't know J-pop and then American '90s R&B. Like it, it was a weird combination of of mm. sounds or something that I wasn't necessarily used to hearing, and I, I like that part of it. I, I think I think maybe what where that might have been coming from, where I was getting it from, was that whole. Uh, to me, it sounded like Madonna, but like speed of uh, speed of light. Uh, on that 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 track. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. had that kind of like synthy thing going on but like with that really like soulful like um, diva esque like vocals going on top of it it's usually when they slap that when they have the yeah. the overlaying vocals that repeat lines in the song yeah that yeah. does like reach out for the reach out yeah yeah for yeah today. kind of like lifts on top of the other one yeah it's just perfect you're like oh I feel it. In here, it hits me. And we got Pernell feeling things. Yes. Yeah. Feel yeah. the sunshine. I mean, if you got through this episode without feeling things, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. You ain't lying, man. Yeah. Check, check yourself. But Please more don't wreck yourself. <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> check yourself. That's what Sonic R is all about. <laughs> no, it's checking others. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So, Do you think that's like a what? cancer thing? <laughs> like checking yourself for before you wreck yourself with cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. It's go go to your doctor, get checked out. Oh my god, that's a p. That's a yeah. p. Sonic says check yourself before you wreck yourself. Is this normal? Like that should be the whole thing. <laughs> this doesn't normally have that feeling. If it's not normal, it's going to become normal. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, that's that's really depressing for now. No, the checking before you wrecking. That is perfectly reasonable to become normal. Okay. Oh, the checking. The checking. Yes, not the wrecking, the checking. The checking regularly. <laughs> check regularly. Don't mix up the checking and the wrecking. This turned into an <laughs> episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> this is a very important distinction. Why would I check before I wreck? <laughs> what is I don't thing? know. Why would you do it? <laughs> There's my awful son. No, that, that was good. We could, we could blame Skype. <laughs> yep. The Skype made that that impression just terrible. <laughs> All right, for more information on the artists on the bonus round part of the show, check out rhythmandpixels.com for links to their band camps, sound clouds, and everywhere where you can get the music and support these wonderful artists.
All right, I want to thank you for joining us on episode 9-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our focus on uh, montage-style music with Cameron from the band The Mad Gear. Cameron, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah. Awesome time. Yeah, I have to say, you've been a hilariously spectacular, stupendous, I made that word up, <laughs> guest. Sloopendless. That's right. Good luck trying to use that word in your day-to-day <laughs> life. But um, you seriously, though, you were awesome to have on the show, and a lot of humor was had, genuine humor. That's the thing that's worth pointing out. I yeah. love the fact that we don't come into any of these things canned at all and that includes like sending like camera to say at this point you should say sonic has a slogan that you should say and then whatever because no no one has time for that <laughs> oh so. well i got some help my, my dog tells me good jokes to, oh, yeah. to, to, like, tell <laughs> you guys so like it's it's i can't take all the credit you know? <laughs> yeah, my, my dog just exactly. sleeps through the whole episode and then wakes up and he's like oh that's right it's dinner time or no it's time to take me out <laughs> um, no, y'all been y'all been super awesome. I can't I can't say it enough. It's just been super fun. Yeah, you are you are always welcome back on the show. Excellent, excellent to have on. Um, but while we're here, do you have anything you want to plug for the band? Anywhere where we can find the music or where you're going to be playing next? For sure, we don't have a lot of stuff uh, like set right now. We've got I've got a kid coming in October, so we're kind of like oh, we'll hey. just see how things pan out after that. A little baby um, gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little little teeny tiny gear. But um, she'll be a new member of the band. But uh, <laughs> s- but yeah, so we don't have any set releases or shows at the moment. So we're kind of on hold for the bit. But uh, you can always, I always pe- direct people to our YouTube first because mm-hmm. that's going to have, you know, music you can just listen to, and then the music videos that you mentioned earlier and all that stuff. So that's YouTube.com/slash/TheMadGear. And then band, our Bandcamp is uh, themadgear.bandcamp.com. Facebook is The Mad Gear also. And then Instagram and Twitter is Mad Gear Band because right. The Mad Gear was already taken. So that's how <laughs> things go. That's great. Um, actually, uh, so The Mad Gear were, was, featured in, was, was featured in Final Fight, which was originally called Street Fighter 1985. Wait, what? Yeah, it was, this was supposed to, that was originally Street Fighter 2. That explains how they were so they so easily integrated them to the Street Fighter universe yeah, later. It's all the same universe. Um, and actually, one of the bosses, Abigail, was just released as a new character for Street Fighter V. Yes. And not to get too um, <laughs> old manny, opinionated, shake my cane thing, but right. he looks absolutely terrible. He looks insanely... I'm trying to get used to him. I'm a, I'm a big Street Fighter player, and so I, I got to learn to fight him. Does he at least throw the tantrums like in the old game where he gets red and freaks out? Yeah, he gets red. Oh! <laughs> he, um, he, he like, banes out. Like, he gets extra big. He actually takes up the entire screen. And You're joking, but a part of me believes that. No, I'm not joking. And I, I main Cammy, who has the lowest health in the game and is the tiniest. So when she throws him, it's like the funniest thing. So like he gets like really big, like he hulks out. He yeah. doesn't just change color. Yeah, he hulks out. I'm about to look that up later. I have a question though. Is he? Do you? Is he scary to fight, or is it like cartoony? Um, yeah, he's he's a little more cartoony, I think. Like he looks scary because he's so big, and it's scary because one hit can just kill me. But that's just because I chose to play Cammy. <laughs> is he uh, at least yeah. slower? Yeah, he is much slower. Oh, totally slower. But like when he swings, when he swings his um his hurt box 
and his and his um, attack frames last a lot longer. Elite. He's got a lot of active frames. I'm gonna stop geeking out about Street Fighter <laughs> for now. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, if you want to contact us and talk about the show, or if you have any topic suggestions, why don't you send us an email? Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail. And if you want to find out more information about our show or for a full track listing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com And if you'd like to see us on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of the social media outlets, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And if you're feeling generous or if you want to support this show in another way, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, And in the next month, we're actually going to have a really special special little treat for um any any member of patreon even anybody who just follows us we're gonna have a little special treat on patreon just for you that we're gonna have once a month um that's actually news to Brunel because i forgot to mention it i was thinking i was like (laughs) we are (laughs) Brunel's gonna bake cupcakes for all the patreon subscribers like i don't even have a muffin tin yet what are we gonna do with that we're gonna have a special muffin tin for all of our (laughs) I'm going to bake bread for everybody. Everyone gets a muffin tin. Um, yeah, so, well, uh, I hope there's a Purnell will sing for them, too, because what y'all <laughs> didn't hear during the, the last Sonic track was Purnell really, I, again, laying some stank on it. So it was, it was hey. beautiful. Yeah, that's that's going to be part. That's actually going to be part of the uh, um, the special uh, thing for Patreon members. Uh, but do you have I love any- how he's like adding new components. Like, I didn't you don't have to do anything different, Purnell. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's just so uh, funny. Just be yourself. Just keep on singing. Keep rubbing stank on it. Keep rubbing stank, yep. in, stank in the microphone. <laughs> um, do you have any last cool. words for the uh, for the listeners, uh, Cameron? No. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And thanks you to, again to you guys for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. It's it's, it's been our pleasure. It really has. Anytime. We want you back. And if you and when you do this podcast that you're starting up, we want to we want to stop in to wish you luck, as they say in the spinoff verse. <laughs> We'll have an extra spin nice. off. Spin-off. Nice. Well, when I come knocking on the door unexpectedly, you can be like, oh, he's doing his thing. <laughs> and then and then the montage music will start, and you guys will be like, oh, you, and then freeze frame. <laughs> did it, did it. Double point. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, I love that idea. Well, <laughs> this has been the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. Um, we're your hosts. My name has been Rob Nichols. And I think my name is Purnell, but I need to double check that. And... Have a great week. And remember, accomplishments and goals are important. Accomplishing, pulling off amazing feats is awesome, but extremely challenging. And I'm sure that you feel as though when you come up with the idea, it might just kind of be overwhelming as to how you'll accomplish that goal. But the idea is to come up with it in smaller chunks, small steps along the way that you can fulfill and eventually hit your goal. And of course, during that path, you're going to have a number of bad moments, some setbacks, some moments where you just don't want to try anymore, but keep pushing for it because you know what? At the end of the day, not only will you have an awesome accomplishment under your belt, but you'll have a cool story to tell about it too. Montage style. We just gave you a whole bunch of tracks to overlay it with, so (laughs) go nuts. Have fun. Create your montage. Words to live by. Yes, sir. Da, 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 da.